Blog Talk Radio. Nate, 
Um, so we're back this week. Um, we've got some pretty some pretty good topics um, in all areas. We'll talk some uh, some March Madness. We'll talk some some upcoming NBA playoffs. Only so much left in the NBA regular season. Um, and later we'll talk a little bit about the new developments and in, um, in the X Men saga um, and and a lot more. Um, but first, I think it's only fitting that we start out with the uh, the latest news in NFL free agency. Um, a lot of moves were made this week. Um, if you were watching ESPN or even in tune at all, you saw a, a variety of different moves. Um, teams, <laughs> teams have teams have changed drastically in the last few days. Um, Greg Jennings just signed with the Vikings. Wes Welker to the Broncos. Anquan Bolden to the Niners. Um, Amendola to, to the Patriots. Reggie Bush to Detroit, uh, just to name a few. Um, Unfortunately, we're actually in uh, Tommy's territory here, so it's it's kind of unfortunate he's not with us to talk some football because I know he would be he would be especially um, excited to talk some football today. But fortunately, my co-hosts Jason and Lawrence have have actually put me onto the fantasy football movement as we've been at this season. Um, they've been they've been they've been adamant with their fantasy football teams the last couple of years, and I just recently got on this season, so. Um, fortunately, we are equipped to to talk about the moves this week, and um, I want to go to uh, I want to go to Jr. first, and um, I guess just you know point out some of the improvements that were made for the NFL, and I guess give us tell us tell us from what you from what you've seen, what team do you think has made the biggest improvement going into next season? So, uh, you know, like Martin said, this was a Ridiculous week in football as far as as far as teams getting better, um, or actually, you know, not improving at all or getting worse. Um, there's a there's there's a bunch of you know headlines of this free agent period over the last week. Um, one thing that I noticed, and you know, a lot of people have noticed, uh, is that the Baltimore Ravens have actually kind of chalk next season. Like they're, they're essentially like won a Super Bowl and now they're looking to rebuild. Um, you know, they gave Joe Flacco their quarterback a – made him the highest paid player in football. And and that move has basically produced a ripple effect throughout the whole organization where they're cutting starting players, guys that, that they – couldn't have won the Super Bowl with last year. So, you know, they, they've lost, I think, seven, six, six starters um, off of their Super Bowl team, which is the most amount of starters to leave or get cut from a Super Bowl team in Super Bowl history, in, in football history. So they, it, it's, it's, really, it's really crazy. Um, you know, a lot of the Dolphins, um, shout out to Nate, and the Dolphins made a, a, a ton of very good moves. Um, they picked up Mike Wallace, um, who who got a $60 million contract, which is unheard of for a wide receiver um, who's not named Calvin Johnson. Um, but um, he's young, and he's one of the fastest players in the league, if not the fastest. So, um they just upgraded at the wide receiver spot and they paid a lot of money, but you know, it helps them. 
Um, the one team that I, to answer the question, the one team that I think improved the most through free agency, and it's crazy to think that this team even had room for improvement because they were so good last year, were the Denver Broncos. I mean, they signed they signed Wes Welker, the the slot machine, as a lot of people call him, like the 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 best slot receiver in the NFL. And you put him with with Peyton Manning, and he's easily going to catch over a hundred balls this year. Like he's he's going to be he's going to be uber productive in that system. And you know they got him for a good price. So kudos to John Elway and the Broncos organization for making that move. Um, and they also signed um, Dominic Rogers Carmarty, the, the very fast, um, multi-talented cornerback from the Eagles, um, which helps their secondary. Who their secondary was probably the, probably their most glaring weakness last year. So they got better there, and they re-signed their their, their starting left tackle, who would have been possibly the biggest free agent pickup for anybody else who could have gotten him. And, and they locked him up early. So um, if, if Miami and Denver, to me, were the two teams that made drastic improvements. Um, I'll give the nod to Denver because they are a Super Bowl contending team that actually got better um, in a week. So uh, pretty good job by John Elway, I would, if I should say. All right. Well, me, on the other hand, I would I – would, maybe make a little bit of different choices in terms of the biggest winners this weekend in free agency. Um, I do I do think that Wes Welker can be good. I, I just don't know how that's necessarily going to work out with, our, with Denver already having both Decker and Thomas who get a lot of balls, get a lot of targets. I mean, that, that that's going to be a lot to have to share. I mean, if – there's one positive to take out of that is that Peyton Manning really shares the ball. He spreads the ball a lot, so everyone's going to eat a little bit. But I'm not, I'm not sure how that necessarily really, really favors them. But like I said, we'll see. Um, the Rogers Camardi move is big, though. And I think that one of the um, one of the silent winners this week has been the Philly, the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> Being a cowboy fan, I say that with a, a certain bit of disdain. But I, I do. I, I've been living in Philly for the last few years, and I, and I can't hate the Eagles because I love a lot of Eagles fans. And um, I think that they made some drastic, drastic changes this week. I mean, I think one of the best moves of free agency so far is, is Nambi Asmar being dropped. He should have been dropped halfway through last season, realistically. <laughs> So I think that that was huge for them. And they loaded up on defensive players. They got uh, Kenny Phillips from the Giants. They got Kerry Williams from Baltimore Ravens. That's a lot. That's a lot to add to your secondary in the matter of a day. And on top of that, they got Connor Barwin from the Texans, who is an outstanding defensive end. Played a little bit of linebacker there, too. So, I mean, that, that pass rush is already scary. And when they're fully healthy, add Connor Ball into the mix, and and that's a problem. That's a problem. And there was one other big name that they picked up that that I'm not recalling. But like I said, they they did a lot on the defensive end, which I think which I think they really really desperately needed. I think that their offense needs a little bit too. But 
that kind of aligns them to to take a good offensive player in the in the draft coming up. I mean, if they get a good offensive tackle or I would say maybe in the market for a receiver, I mean, who knows what can happen. Um, another winner I would say, and this is probably an unorthodox pick as well, but I think the Patriots have <laughs> – have done pretty well with losing Wes Welker. I mean, it it was made pretty obvious last year that they were, at the beginning of the year, a lot of people were talking about how they were trying to cut down on Wes Welker's production so they didn't have to pay him as much. I mean, they ended up needing him with Gronk going down, and ultimately they didn't necessarily make that much of a run. But I think that I think that their addition of Danny Amendola is – is very good for them. He is a Wes Welker type guy. He's a shorter slot receiver. Can run some long routes as well. And he and he's young. I mean, Wes Welker's got to be what thirty three, thirty four, maybe. Like the Wes Welker's getting up there. Danny Amendola. This is only going to be his fifth year in the league. I mean, he did he did miss pretty much two years due to injury, so he has to stay healthy. But We've seen how explosive this guy can be. I mean, as soon as he came back to St. Louis last year, he turned up right away after after almost dying on the football field. Like, so I, I think that Danny Amendola was a big addition. I think it was good for them to, to part ways with Woodhead, especially with, with Stephen Ridley kind of emerging last year. Now, like, they can maybe set up some sort of solidarity in their backfield, telling Stephen Ridley, like, you know, you're our guy, we're going to go to you. There's there's not going to be any questions that he just has to hold on to the football. But, I mean, we know what the Patriots can do. We know what Bill Belichick and Tom Brady have done in the past. And I think that the moves that they made, I mean, they knew what they were doing when they lost Wes Welker. And and also, I, I just looked at this. I, I totally forgot about this. They added Leon Washington, who was the Pro Bowl return man for the Seattle Seahawks. guy is. Like you said, Mike Wallace, Leon Washington has to be up there for one of the fastest guys in the league. He has blazing speed, and he actually plays a little bit. He's a little bit of a utility guy. They they'll use him for punt returns, so that's where that's where he'll replace well Walker. I feel like they probably should. I mean, Danny Amendola returns punts as well, but you want to limit that guy's touches as much as possible just to make sure he doesn't get hurt. Uh, I think I think having a return guy like Leon Washington makes that makes that offense and special teams extremely scary. So those those would be my two winners from this week, the Eagles and the Patriots. Um, yeah, I uh, I think those what you guys said definitely stood out to me too. I guess to throw in kind of um, a couple of teams that weren't mentioned, um, I, the, from what I saw from uh, Seattle this year, um, in terms of their potential and their ceiling, I think adding a weapon like Percy Harvin um, crazy could. And only add to their explosiveness offensively, you know, with Russell Wilson and Marshawn Lynch and those guys. Um, I, I I can't remember what his contract was. I remember it was pretty high. Was was it around fifty, sixty million? Yeah, he got paid. Um, he got paid. And, and you know, he he is he is injury prone too. So it's you know that investment. Uh, you know, obviously you want that to hold out. I you know I I I know left and right just you know tuning into to sports news. I always see Percy Harvin is usually hurt. Um, so we'll see what that investment is, but I think that definitely adds another lethal option to them. And the 49ers adding in Quan Bolden, um, I guess, you know, I guess the Harbaugh, the brothers, you know, made the exchange like, you know, I guess 
I guess that's a little a little uh, send away gift after you know after the after the Super Bowl victory. Um, but you know I have to think for a team like the Niners who was in the Super Bowl um, had someone like Antoine Golden who really got better throughout the course of last season. I feel like in the postseason he really made his presence felt. Um, I think that addition to San Francisco could be could. Uh, you know, even take them to the next level. I think they've made they've made great moves over these last couple of seasons. I think the, you know, they added you know Randy Moss and and, uh, and they added another guy to like last season. But I I, I think I think that's moving in the right direction for them going forward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just speaking about the Niners, I mean, Jim Harbaugh and John Harbaugh, both brothers, they draft really really well. Like Jim got Kaepernick in the later rounds and. He had a plan for him when he drafted him. Like it was it, that the whole thing with Alex Smith that didn't just come up. You know, he drafted Colin Kaepernick in 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 order to make sure that he was going to be ready because he was going to start him one day. And you know, he, this guy's like you can kind of put him in that Andrew Luck, RG three, Russell Wilson group, even though he's not a rookie of like these emerging young quarterbacks. And that's just because John Harbaugh had a had a high form. And, and, and knew what he was capable of. So the Niners and the Ravens, they draft so well that, you know, it's kind of kind of kind of different to see them making these type of major moves in the off season, but they're still they're still gonna get better through the draft. So it'll be interesting to see once that time comes around. Um and uh and I, I definitely agree with with the Percy Harvin pickup. I mean, not that this is going to happen, and, and I love football, and I feel like I have a you know a decent amount of knowledge about it, but uh, imagine Pete Carroll putting Percy Harvin and, and Marshawn Lynch and, and Russell Wilson in some type of wildcat or, or option formation. <laughs> I, I, oh, my goodness. It would be unreal. It would be unreal. And yeah, I, I I would have to agree with with Martin 100 percent that Percy Harvin alone has made Seattle even more dangerous. And they were a few plays away from getting to the Super Bowl and getting to the NFC title game. So uh, watch out for that whole NFC West next year with there. the Niners in Seattle. Yeah. I don't I don't think any. The other two teams in that league. Well, the Cardinals are making some moves. Well, they, they're not going to get better in a year. They're not going to. They're not going to go. They're not going to. They're not going to get good enough in a year. Even if they have a great draft and they still make some more free agent moves, like they picked up. They picked up Rashard Mendenhall. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess that helps. I, and, I think if like, they, they draft a quarterback, they need a quarterback. Yeah, they do need a quarterback. But I There's mean, no they started off. They're, they started off at like six and one last year. They started off kind of hot. I they, mean, they, yeah, they, and then their true colors showed once they yeah. started playing people. But I mean, that that division, nobody, nobody, it doesn't seem like. I feel like the NFC West will send another team to the NFC Championship game next year, whether it be the Niners or the or the, or the Seahawks, and they've gotten better over Very the last possible. week. So yeah. it'll Very. be interesting next week. There's still some names out there, you know, like. Ahmad Bradshaw still has not signed with a team. Um, he'll be a good pickup for anybody. Um, Victor Cruz is kind of like, like basically waiting to see if he's going to get an extension or if he's going to be able to talk to other teams. 
So, you know, that would be huge for anybody. Shout out to Patterson, New Jersey, Vicar Cruz. Town. Yeah. So he's a and he's he's a he's a number one type receiver that can that can help out any team that he goes to. So things are it was it was a hot week, but it, it's still there's still a lot more to go, which is which is pretty crazy. Non Biasin will have to sign somewhere. Um, you know. It, it's it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, for sure. Um so yeah, we'll keep an eye out on that. Um but like Jay said, definitely some more moves to be made in the NFL free agency. Um let's kick it to um probably the more fitting subject of the day. Um, and being that it's March, <laughs> you know, being that it's March, the, you know, the madness has already begun. Um, uh, you know, as we, you know, we've had some, some really good games over the last couple of days. Um, uh, you know, I want to, I want to, you know, and Miami NC State just tipped off, um, and Florida, Alabama just tipped off, so they're playing now. Um, Indiana and Wisconsin will tip off soon. I want to. Um, I guess I want to start at the top and kind of trickle our way down. Um, but to start, to start off, I want to. I want to offer that. Um, I think we should we should give our picks for tonight's uh, Big East finale, the the last ever Big East championship game. Um, as we know, it, um, as we know, there, there will be a Big East next season, um, beginning July first. It will be called the the, the Catholic Seven. Um, apparently, um, just reported. Uh, the new Biggies will have uh, only 10 members in the 2013-2014 season. Um, the 10 members will include the Catholic seven schools that left the Biggies, DePaul, um, Georgetown, Marquette, Providence, Seton Hall, St. John's, and Villanova. And Butler, Xavier, and Creighton will all be joining um, the league as well next season. Um, apparently, according to um, Andy Chapel of ESPN, that announcement will be officially made next week. Um, so as we know, the, the Big East will officially conclude last night. And I mean, what a what a what a what a fitting way to go out for the Big East. Um, we've got two, we've got two heavy hitters. Um, you know, we've got Pacino, Bittenheim, um, You know, uh, Louisville's backcourt. You know, Syracuse's backcourt. The two-three zone against that that pounding pressure of Louisville. Um, you know, to get to trying to get my take on it. You know, when Louisville won the first Big East title in '09, it was against the Seasons. I was actually there um, at the Gardens, and uh, you know, Earl Clark was on that team. Terrence Williams was on that team. Um, just a really, a really fun team to watch. Um, Louisville is actually the most winning, winningest team in the Big East since they joined in 2005. Um, uh, to, to kind of look back on the last couple of meetings, um, they played two weeks ago um, at Syracuse, and Louisville just put a complete defensive show on them. Um, Syracuse shot about 37% from the field, I'm pretty sure. Um, uh, shot 27% from three. Uh, it was it, it was um, it, it was it was a battle. Um, and they've gone back and forth. Obviously, Syracuse won the first meeting at Louisville uh, back in January. Um, I, it's, it's definitely a tough pick. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I think I'm going with Syracuse, though. Um, like, I guess first and foremost, obviously, in the garden, they've got their, their home crowd, and, you know, everybody alludes to that. It's a home environment for Syracuse, essentially. Um, but I, I'm also going with the hottest man in the Big East tournament right now, James Sutherland. 
Um, this guy hit 16 of 25 from behind the arc in the tournament so far. He tied Jerry McNamara's three-point record in the Big East tournament, which he'll probably have tonight. Um, McNamara's an assistant for Syracuse right now, as we know. Um, and he's, he's been the hot hand in the tournament. Um, and also, I think, even though Louisville really, I mean, their pressure really bothered Syracuse um, in their last meeting two weeks ago, um, but I, I think that the length of Syracuse's zone will prove to, to give Louisville some problems. Uh, I, I see, I see. I mean, Peyton Siva and, 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 and Russ Smith, Jay alluded to it yesterday. They're probably the, the, the definitely the quickest backcourt in the country, uh, perhaps the most lethal offensively. Um, I, I see them. I see them. You know, making plays out of that zone. I just think the length between you know Carter Williams and Sutherland and CJ Fair. Um, I think they bounced back the way they needed to after struggling in the middle of the year, losing to, losing to uh, I mean, a few top ten opponents, including Syracuse. Um, I, I think I think everything adds up. You know, Beheim had a heck of a season with the, you know, with the allegations and stuff, and the you know the the Bernie Fine stuff. Um, and and I think I think it's it's a fitting story. I think Syracuse pulled it out tonight, though. So I'm going. I'm going 60, 60 to 58 Syracuse um, down down to the wire. Um, I think I think Michael Carter Williams kind of stretches his wings tonight. He didn't have a great game against against Louisville last time. I think he really shows his color. So uh, I'll take it to you guys. What, Lawrence, what are you? Who are you taking tonight? I mean, if we're going to talk about the hot hand right now, I'm going to have to go with Louisville for tonight. I think. I mean. Defensively last night against against Notre Dame, they were petrifying. They were all over the ball. Notre Dame couldn't get settled into their offense at all. And I mean, we're we're talking about a completely different team with Syracuse. They're a lot more athletic. They got guys that can really, really put the ball on the floor and make plays like Michael Carter Williams and CJ Fair even. But I, I think that I think that Louisville can can just ride the momentum and get this win. I think. I mean, they they won Big East tournament last year, correct? So, like, them to be able to go for back-to-back and getting the championship the last year in the Big East, I think Rick Pitino really wants this. And and, and like I said, you got to go with who's hot right now. And Syracuse is hot. I mean, Syracuse and, and um, Louisville kind of had similar years where they started off hot Kind of sizzled a little bit and got into a really tough stretch in the in the um, in, in Big East uh, conference play and lost a few games they shouldn't have lost to. I feel like both teams lost to like Nova. I, I mean, I I saw Syracuse lost to Pittsburgh at one point in the year. Like they, not not to say that those are bad teams by any means. I mean, those are tournament teams, but at the same time, you have to play those teams. You're going to acquire a few losses throughout the year, so they both kind of had similar paths to get here, but. Louisville is playing really good basketball right now. I think Russ Smith is, is is the X factor. I mean, Russ Smith has to show up, and it has to be a smart Russ Smith. And, I mean, he, the, Jason was pointing out last night, he and Peyton Siva's speed together is absolutely ridiculous. I think they can get inside that zone and penetrate. Uh, they got the kid that sits outside and just shoots, shoots the entire game with Hancock, Hancock, he hit about three threes last night. I, I think if they they can penetrate him and knock down some shots in that zone, they get the win tonight. So I'm gonna pick I'm gonna pick Louisville winning. Let's say 57-54. It'll be low scoring, but and it'll be a good one. 
All right, Jay, your pick for tonight. This is rough. This is this is gonna be this is very rough uh for for, you know, all the reasons that Martin stated. This it, it really saddens me that this is the last real big East game that we'll ever see. Um we're all, you know, East Coast basketball fans and the Big East literally has been like our conference in college basketball. And, you know, going back to like you know, Rip Hamilton and and those UConn teams to Jerry McNamara and those Syracuse teams to the Nova teams that were really good with with Nardi and all those guys. Like we we've seen some of the best basketball in college basketball over the past you know ten years as far as age group watching basketball in the Big East. So it's it's, it's extremely it's it's literally heartbreaking that the the conference is getting split up. And, you know, it's because of money and it's because of football. But for tonight, I have, I'm have i having a really tough time, and I know I had to just go with somebody. So I'm going to go with Syracuse. And I'm going to – the reasons why are that their zone dictates the tempo of the game. So when you're playing against a team like Louisville who – who likes to – they want to be 100 miles per hour. They want it to be high possession. They want, you know, Peyton Seaver and Russ Smith to create turnovers, get out in transition with, like, Bahannon and those athletes that they have, and they want to play fast. And what Syracuse does with that zone is they make you play at their speed. And it's kind of like, you know, a very good NCAA tournament game where it will be – Whatever team can can establish their own tempo will win. And, you know, I I feel like it can go either way, and I know I can't say that, but I, I'll give the edge to Syracuse because, simply because that zone will dictate the tempo of the game, which it usually does. And those small guards for Louisville against that type of length on the wing it's going to be hard for them to continuously get in the paint and cause havoc, and and not that I don't think they're capable of it. But if you watch the game last night, Siva and Russ Smith, most of their drives to the rim, they were finishing at the rim, So that, which means there was, there was no rim protection at all from Notre Dame, and Syracuse literally have guys sitting in the paint. So, like, those those easy opportunities that they got last night, it's, it's not going to happen. And Carter Williams is absolutely the key to this game. He has to be able to take care of the ball offensively for Syracuse. He's going to have – and, and Siva and Russ Smith are going to be all over him. He's going to – he's seen them before, but on this stage as a freshman and, you know, one of the better point guards in the country, he's going to have to – play at a level that he hasn't played at at all this year. And it doesn't mean he has to score 20, but he's going to have to do some scoring. He's going to have to have, you know, I think six, seven assists at least. And he's going to have to keep the turnovers down. If he turns over the ball seven or eight times, Syracuse loses. You know, he, he literally, like, these Big East games are, in college basketball, are the games where literally every possession counts. And and if you turn over the ball in the Big East against teams like Louisville and 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 Syracuse, they're 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 going to get buckets off of you, 
they're going to be able to get into their full-court traps, which is going to be a lot of trouble for Syracuse if they get into that point. Um, so, but I just think, I, like I said, I like Syracuse's length. I love the way Sutherland's shooting the ball. Those little guards for Louisville are going to have – they're going to have their hands full because cause Syracuse, they're, they're very athletic, and, and Tritch is a veteran – the two guard for Syracuse, and he's been there before, and and Beheim just does this. It seems like every year he has Syracuse in a position, and Patino does it too. But Beheim is is the Mike Shashevsky of the Big East essentially. So like it, it's really going to be interesting to see um, how these two head coaches get their teams ready to play. But I, I just think. Syracuse's length, like like Martin talked about, is just going to be a little bit overwhelming for for Louisville and those and those small guards to overcome. Um, but uh, I had to pick a score for the game. You know, it's going to be a game. You know, unless it goes to four overtime, it's going to be in the fifties or sixties. It's going to be ugly. Like Big East basketball is not pretty. Like it's it's an ugly game realistically, but like that's why East Coast people love it because it's kind of like embodies what we're about, like gritty. Like so, it, um, it's going to be. I would say I'm going to go with 59-54. Syracuse wins. They hit a couple free throws at the end, kind of get them over the hump. But I, I'm going to take I'm going to take the Cubs. Um, okay, before we go, uh, we're going to kick it to uh, to our caller um, and get his pick real quick beforehand. Uh, let me just uh, uh, clarify a couple of facts on their last meeting um, two weeks ago today. It was at the Carrier Dome at Syracuse. Um, uh, Hancock hit the three with under a minute left um, to put them up three. Uh, Syracuse played from behind the entire game. Um, just some stats, uh, the last, their last meeting, uh, Louisville forced 16 turnovers from Syracuse, um, a, a number that is obviously too high if Syracuse is to win tonight. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams only turned the ball over once, but he went three for ten from the field. Um, also, why I think he's, he's, he's really going to come out and be aggressive tonight. Um, seven turnovers from Brandon Tritch in that game, though. Um, so they uh, clearly they bothered him, so look for big games from them as well. Um, let's go to our caller now, um, who I guess uh, has a pick for us for tonight's Big East finale. Uh, let's bring him in now and see what he's talking about. Uh, what's up? You're on live with the collective. Hey, how you guys doing today? Hey, what's up, man? Rat Twigs, our, our, our number one caller, baby. Say hi, Jesus. Hi, Jesus. That's my nephew, y'all. Yeah, man. You ever here watching the uh, NC, uh, NC State in Miami game, man? It's, it's crazy, though. Durant's guy's out here frying them. Is he? Yeah, he is, though. He's a dog. Uh, He's a dog. He's a dog. I want to get back to the uh, my pick. So I'm like, I'm going with Syracuse and the score. I was, yeah, I know. Then we're going to say 69-65. It's going to be. A, I feel like it's going to be a free throw game in the end, and it's going to be some touch crazy things that go on. But I don't think that the zone that Louisville has is as good as the zone that Syracuse has. That's what. No, you know, just because it's not even a zone, really, that Louisville runs. It's a matchup, no, and, yeah. most, and it's also it's basically extended press. So it's not like yeah. Yeah. zone. So I would, I'm going to go with, just because I think that Tristan going to have seven turnovers again. I think he'll play well. And Sullivan is going to be the key. If he gets hot like he's been getting hot, man, I think I think they can win this game. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, who do you got in the Big East tournament uh, MVP? MVP? Yeah. That's a tough one. I, I think it'll be Peyton Stevens just because, you know what, he already had that big game last time, and they'll have a big game tonight. I just hope they don't win that big game. You know? Even, even with the law? Huh? You think Peyton Stevens will get the MVP even if he loses? Yeah, I think I think Stevens has is going to have another big game because he's having good numbers. But if it's somebody on Syracuse, I don't see who could really do other than Carter Williams. Because he just he's just been the leader for so long. Yeah. He's been the leader just, yeah, for them to win he has to have a big impact. Yeah, like yeah. like Jay said. Yeah. So other than that, man, I can't wait for the for the real the real deal to begin. You know? And, yeah. and this whole Catholic seven thing is just terrible. Terrible and Jay's hit around the head. These us you know, us northeast guys, this is this is what we love, the big east is Catholic right. seven is not not the same at all. It's gonna be terrible. We're gonna miss from Syracuse, Georgetown, and get, like that's not that has a whole lot of history behind that, and, we, and we're going to lose all sure. that history. And every like, just just like this game, this last game is overtime game. Like for some reason, these two coaches get together, and then the son of him and the same coach get together, and it's just epic time of stuff for like these kids to be able to play in a game of such magnitude. Right. Well, I mean, all that said, though, it's going to be great. And my pick for the uh, tournament is also Syracuse, just to go all the way. For the whole thing? Yeah, I, I just want the, the whole thing. Just cause well, we I forget that Twigs is a Syracuse fan. He is a Syracuse yeah. fan. And it, I, I think the zone is just so great for, uh, for people to watch because it really confuses teams that come out of, you know, just different places to see a zone that's so long and, like, it's a 2-3. It's not it's not nothing special, but it's just so yeah. long active and it messes and it a lot of work. Work. messes a lot of teams up, man. And you're right, it slows down the pace to their pace and if they want to run, they can run and you can't run because they're sitting in the zone. So your plays are almost nullified. You just gotta go that high one and uh, and the four at the box and that's what you gotta really want. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I touched on that. Uh, I said to Jerry yesterday, um, Louisville's going to be effective um, in the half court offensively. They're going to have to find a viable option um, to be in, that, in the middle of that zone to knock down their shots. Um, the big guy, Jang, he had a decent touch. Um, I, I don't know if you would consider him like a, a consistent shooter from that area, but he's got a decent touch. But um, and the other kid, Benahan, has a, has a decent stroke too. But I. I think that's going to be key too for them to to be successful offensively. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. Well, I want to just uh, one more thing that you guys are doing a great job out there, and I'm really proud to hear this radio station taking off. Oh, thank you, man. We appreciate that. We appreciate that again, Raph. We, we always appreciate you when you call in. Yeah, oh, that's, that's family. That's real though. Say bye, yeah. Jaden. Bye, Jaden. <laughs> <laughs> That was Raph Twigs, gave his, gave his take on uh, on the Big East tournament tonight. Uh, we're going to kick it to a commercial and uh, come back and get, get our quick pick for the other big conference games going on today and then uh, talk a little bit of NBA for our, for our, uh, for our sports segment. So we're going to kick it to a commercial now. We'll be back in about two and a half minutes. Suckers. Oh. Keys 
Fika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face -face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback. Sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cuffed shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, Uh, all right, yeah, 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 we back. We back with the collective. Um, uh, talking some March Madness, uh, just finished talking about some Big East. Um, I want to go real quickly through um, some of the more notable games um, still left to play today. Uh, the update on the on the Miami game uh, looks like they're taking care of business against North Carolina State. Um, looks like Alabama is, is uh, giving Florida a good game. They're up one with about three minutes left in the first half. Um, that's in the, in the SEC tournament. Um, uh, a, a game that's on, well, two games that are really on my radar for today, um, the Kansas State-Kansas game in the Big 12 and the, the Ohio State-Michigan State matchup in the Big 10. Um, real quick, I want to get you guys picks. I, I you know, uh, the Kansas State-Kansas uh, matchup really intrigued me, um, number one, because um, obviously they, they shared the regular season Big 12 uh, championship this year, um, which was Kansas State's first regular season title. Um, and uh, uh, Kansas Kansas ended up sharing it with Kansas um, for the first time. Uh, so there's clearly some animosity, some added animosity there already, um, given that this is, this is a rivalry matchup. Um, uh, I, I think you know it, it, it's going to be it's going to be a great game for that reason. Um, I also look at um, the fact that Kansas has won the last two matchups, and I, as I was taught by the great Bob Turco in high school, um, beating a team three times in a row is is probably the closest thing to impossible uh, I've seen. Not that not that it hasn't been done, um, but it is a tough thing to do. And that being said, Kansas has won the last two matchups. Um, obviously, the last time uh, it was a complete blowout at Kansas State when uh, Ben McLemore went off for 30 points, hit six three-pointers. Um, it, it was it was just a complete wipeout. So, 
for those, I, I think I'm, uh, I think I'm leaning toward Kansas State tonight. I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick the, uh, the, the upset for those, for those couple reasons. I think Kansas State definitely has, a, a, you know, a lot to prove. Um, uh, you know, even though they're sharing the regular season title, they, you know, they still got their first regular season title. They've got some, some added motivation there. The fact that they got blown out on their home court. Um, the last time they played, uh, you know, that's some added incentive. I like the kid Magruder for them. I like the kid Rodriguez for them. Um, uh, I, I did, you know, Kansas, Kansas, uh, I think top to bottom, um, could be, it could be argued they're one of the more complete teams in the country. Um, I, I do, I do believe in them. I believe in their backcourt, Elijah Johnson and, and, uh, and, and, and Travis Relaford and those guys. Um, I do like their team. But I think we see a concerted effort from Kansas State tonight. Um, so I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make the pick and go with them. Um, Al, what's your pick for the for the Big 12 championship tonight? I got. I'm I'm gonna go with Kansas. I mean, we did talk about them on the last play. I mean, Kansas put it all. Kansas beat them by 21 points. It was it was it was in it was at Kansas. It was in I mean, that's very that. Almost, Almost the hardest hard place to win in college basketball next to Cameron, obviously. But, but, I, but, but I, I, I just don't see Kansas losing. I would like Kansas to lose, especially with Duke losing last night. And I want to kind of want to free up that last seed to see if there's still a shot of us getting it. But I think I think Kansas will take care of it tonight. Jay, what's your pick for the Big 12 final tonight? I'm going to have to go with Kansas. Um, I, I, I feel like Kansas State is going to make this a game. Um, I'm going with Kansas because of Jeff Whitby. I think he is the, the difference out of the two teams. I mean, if you look at the guards, the guard play is pretty even between the two. Like, you know, McLemore and Magruder and, and the kid Sark, who's been coming along, uh, for Kansas and the kid Rodriguez for Kansas State, I think they play each other even until until you know you get to their front court and Kansas has athleticism, they have the length, and Whitby is that defensive presence that Kansas State doesn't have. So um, I'm going with Kansas. Like I, I, I totally agree with Martin, and, and Martin and I are, are former college basketball players, um, retired college basketball players. I like to say. And um, we we we've been through it before, where you know you play a team twice during the regular season, and then you have to play them again in the postseason, and and it is a difficult difficult task to beat the same team three times. Um, so you know I, I'm I, I don't it's not going to be a blowout. You know it's not going to be it's not going to be 83 to 62 like it was on February 11th in in, uh, in Kansas State. It's going to be a a hard fought physical, typical, you know, Big 12 type of game. But I, I, I just think that Kansas has has a, has a lot to lose if they lose this game. You know, they, they're they right there, you know, now that, that Duke got bounced yesterday. They're right there as far as, you know, getting a number one seed. Of course, we didn't bring that, that Duke game up yet, but I ain't going to say too much. We don't need to. I ain't going to say too much. We don't need to bring the Duke I'm game. Not, I'm not going to say too much. I'm not going to say too much about Duke. I'm not going to say too much. But – um, you know, I think I think Kansas is it's right there for a number one seed, and I know Bill Self 
You know, he, he, he usually has his teams ready for the year. You know, they, they always have a game during the year, like they drop one to Baylor, and they always have a few games a, a year with Kansas where they just they just stink it up and they're just like, are, are, are they as for real as, as everybody thinks? And, and, I, and I think they definitely, this year, they definitely are. So um, I'm, I'm going with Kansas. Uh, definitely, de- definitely a uh, a game to watch uh, tonight. I'm sure we'll, we'll most likely be watching that game together. Um, that's on at six o'clock tonight, um, Eastern Time. Um, real quick to the Big Ten, I want to get picks. Um, the Michigan State Ohio State matchup is is a big one, and it's an it's an important one. Um, it's a rematch from last year's Big Ten championship game, um, uh, but where Ohio State won, uh, of, of course, with the 72-70. Uh, win over the Spartans in the final meeting of the regular season. Um, they completed Michigan State completed their run in the tournament uh, with the 68-64 victory in the title game um, and ended up getting that one seed in the NCAA tournament last year. So Michigan State uh, won, uh, came out on top in the Big Ten Championship last year. Um, uh, this year's, uh, you know, this year's teams are, are, you know, that much different in terms of who we're watching Um um, Adrian Payne from Michigan State um, scored 18 points in their game over Iowa. Um, that was in the quarterfinals on Friday. Um, uh, Deshaun Thomas, you know, 20 points a game, probably the the best scorer in the Big Ten, probably the biggest scorer, uh, the best scorer in this game. Um, uh, you know, you look at their last two matchups, uh, you know, the first time they played in January, um, you know, Michigan State goes to Ohio State, wins by three. Uh, they played last month. Ohio State goes to Michigan State, wins by eight. Um, these teams are so uh, fairly matched, and it's and it's going to be a great game. Um, I, I think, and of course, you know, it's Dad Mata, it's Tom Izzo. Um, you know, so many things to consider. Um, both coaches have reached the Final Four multiple times in the in their last six uh, six seasons. Um, it's a tough pick, just like you know, just like the you know the Big East pick. I think it's similar to that. It's tough to make a pick. Um, I I think I'm gonna go with the with the Izzo factor here. Um, I think the kid Adrian Payne has has come into his own these last couple games. Um, uh, in their last matchups, um, uh, their last matchup rather, um, uh, Michigan State, um, they were down 12, um, or rather this was against Iowa. They came back from a 12 point deficit. Um, and ended up winning by three. Um, they only hit eight, eight, eight of 30 three-pointers uh, uh, in the first half, shot 38%, 38% from the game, uh, but they forced 19 turnovers. Um, I think Michigan State is pretty complete top to bottom. They're one of those teams that um, can throw anyone in off their bench and they're going to contribute. Um, I think Izzo is going to have his team ready to play tonight. I, I love Robert Kraft and I love Deshaun Thomas for Ohio State. I think they, I think they have the better individual weapons. Um, but I think I'm going. I think I'm going with Michigan State with the with the team effort tonight. Uh, L, who are, you, who are you going with in the Big Ten? I'm going to actually go with Ohio State. I think. I mean, Ohio State is hot. They won the last bit after a really really bad loss at Wisconsin. They won the last six, which includes a win against Michigan State. 
I think Deshaun Thomas, like you said, is the best scorer in the game. I mean, he's averaging almost 20 points a game. I think Big Trap being as good of an all-ball defender as he is, it can kind of disrupt his family a little bit. I mean, not let him really get in that great of a rhythm, and I think, I think Ohio State gets the win. I think Ohio State takes the big ten tonight. Jay, what's it pick? This is kind of like that Syracuse. It's basically Syracuse loser, but in the Midwest. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's that close of a game. I mean, if you just if you just look at them at their at their resumes, they're literally identical. You know, Michigan Michigan State's twenty five and seven. Ohio State's twenty four and seven. Um, Michigan State is averaging sixty eight points a game. Ohio State's averaging seventy. They're both giving up fifty eight points a game. You know, like these, they're 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 teams that are built alike, and when there's teams that are built alike, I feel like there's 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 always one guy that that gets one team over the hump, and I'm going with Ohio State because of because of Deshaun Thomas. You know, he's he's averaging 20 points a game, and he is he's multi talented. He's he's an NBA player. He's the he's the one obvious. NBA player on on both of these teams. You know, I think Keith Appling and Payne and those guys can, are, are definitely pros, but but Deshaun Thomas is is the guy. So you know when you have when you I mean Izzo in the postseason, you know college basketball, you know Tom Izzo's team come post come postseason they turn up and 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 he really gets them playing the brand of basketball that wins uh, uh, you know close games in the postseason. Um, I'm giving Ohio State the, the – the, it couldn't be closer. Like, like, but I'm, getting, I'm giving them the nod because of Deshaun Thomas. I think Kraft will do enough with Appling that it will disrupt everything Michigan State's trying to do. And, and if you haven't seen Aaron Kraft, and, you know, I know a lot of people don't watch basketball or watch a, a defensive player, but he's outstanding. On the ball, he he's outstanding on the ball. So, um, you know, I, I I I'm giving Ohio State a a little nod. It'll be a very good game, a very well coached game, and you'll see that if you watch it. And uh, I I think you know Ohio State beats Michigan State, and and we just the number one seeds for the for the tournament this year just continue to become as foggy as this whole year has been. <laughs> you know. Um, so, so it'll, it'll, it'll be a very, it'll be a terrific game. It'll be an absolutely terrific game. I'm giving a slight nod to Ohio State to Sean Thompson. Maybe go for 30. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's definitely quite possible. Um, so, uh, so it looks like we got, uh, um, we got, we got, we got, uh, Kansas. I'm going with Kansas State. Um, uh, you guys both went, went with Louisville, correct? Or, no, Jay went with Syracuse. I'm going with Syracuse. I'm going, going, going with Louisville. And uh, our colleague Raph is going with, with Syracuse as well. Um, and in the Big Ten, I'm going with Michigan State and Izzo. And you guys are going with with the Ohio State Buckeyes. Sad we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. It's gonna. It's gonna be. The madness has begun. Um, that that much. That much is certain. Yeah, it's here. Um, it's here. Um, uh, yeah, so we can we can look forward to those games and see how our predictions play out. Um, uh, let's, I want to quick. I want to switch gears to just to 
you know, quick spin about 10 minutes talking some NBA um, real quick. Um, I did want to uh, bring this up real quick. Jay, I don't know if you, if you heard about this. Um, did you hear about Bill Simmons getting suspended from ESPN? Uh, I, I just read about it this morning. Apparently um, it happened It happened two days ago, and it's a result of um, during the confrontation and kind of expressed his thoughts on the whole thing and basically said that it was embarrassing for all parties and more particularly embarrassing for ESPN, um, which I can, I can, I'm allowed to say because I don't work for ESPN, which he was completely right about. Um, but apparently in the, in the ESPN guidelines, and, you know, he's been doing the, the Kia NBA shoot-around, the countdown with, with Magic Johnson and Jalen Rose on ESPN, apparently it's in the guidelines that you can't um, criticize the company. It seems like a pretty, uh, uh, a pretty routine rule or guideline, rather. Um, so uh, uh, he's been suspended from ESPN. Um, I'm not sure how long or if it's indefinitely, but he is suspended. Um, so I did want to. I wanted to mention that um, it's disappointing for me personally, and and I know for Jay also because we both appreciate Bill Simmons as as a writer, as a uh, as a commentator and whatnot. Even though he's a Celtics fan, we let him pass for that. Um, but but he's he's a great personality, a great writer, and um, it's really unfortunate that that had to happen. Um, I also wanted to touch on really quickly, um, and we talked about this a little bit last night, the fact that um, Kobe Jelly Bean Bryant decided to play last night after being ruled out indefinitely after that ankle injury um, a few nights ago uh, against Atlanta. Um, I, I, I said it to the guys last night, I thought, I thought it was, a, it was a, a really good strategy on the part of Kobe and, and just the team in general. Um, the fact that, you know, he only played in the first quarter, which was probably the plan to begin with. Um, he gives himself a chance to stay in, you know, somewhat decent game shape while he's recovering and also give his teammates um, um, some more added confidence. The fact that he's injured um, and he's out there, uh, it kind of ups the level of play of those other guys. They really don't have an excuse being that this guy just, you know, he was ruled out indefinitely three days ago and then he, he's starting in the game, uh, you know, two days later. So, uh, you know, I think I think it's, it's a great plan. And if, obviously if the Lakers are going to have any chance in the postseason, they're going to need um, at least, you know, uh, some some form of Kobe Bryant. Um, whatever form it is is yet to be seen, but uh, obviously they need him. So just looking at the, the playoff scope right now um, in the NBA, uh, Don Magazine actually did – um, their own rendition of what they feel could be the most promising uh, playoff matchups. Um, right now, um, you know, uh, the, the, the East is uh, between three and seven, um, uh, really, uh, really three and eight. I mean, it's really up in the air. Uh, you've got Milwaukee at eight. They're three games behind Boston, who's only a game behind Atlanta. Um, Atlanta and Chicago are tied right now. Chicago is two games behind Brooklyn, who's one game behind New York. Um, so obviously it's hard to it's hard to kind of uh, you know make our predictions now. We can we can speculate, um, but I, you know, Time Magazine, as I said, did their did their take on what they feel would be the most interesting um, NBA playoff matchups. Um, just a few examples: they thought New York and Boston, um, New York at three and Boston at six would be a good first round matchup. Um, Oklahoma City, Los Angeles Lakers, uh, Memphis. Denver, uh, 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 they listed Miami, Milwaukee as a 1-8. Night, obviously, um, uh, uh, against Milwaukee. Um, 
but I, you know, I, I want to kick it to you guys. I, I'll give my, I'll give my take real quick. I think, particularly in the West, and I've said this before, I want to see Oklahoma City, Houston in the first round, um, for for reasons that should be obvious. With James Harden over there, um, the last time they met, James Harden gave him 46, and I, and I think if they were to meet in the first round of the playoffs, uh, regardless if Houston were to win the series or not, um, they're going to see a whole lot of James Harden. Um, I would love to see that matchup. Um, you know, the, I feel like the West is so dicey. Um, uh, as a Laker fan, I, I would like them to see San Antonio in the first round rather than in Oklahoma City, um, uh, clear, strictly because of athleticism purposes. The Lakers struggle against athletic teams. We know that. Um, uh, Memphis at the three seed. Uh, you guys know um, Memphis is actually, what is, they've won, I think, four, 14 of their last 15 games. Um, uh, since they traded Rudy Gay and, and acquired Tayshaun Prince and Austin Day, they've actually been playing um, uh, really good basketball. So they're, you know, they're kind of locked in at the three seed. They're four games behind Oklahoma mm-hmm. City, but uh, again, the Clippers are tied with them um, at that spot. So that three-four spot could fluctuate in the next few weeks. Uh, 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 Jay, give us, tell us, tell us what you're looking at. Um, maybe what you what you would want to see uh, as a first-round matchup for this year's playoffs. I feel like there's a bunch of pretty interesting matchups. Um, you know, as of right now, we have a Brooklyn-Chicago matchup, which I honestly feel like will flip. If, if, if I think the Knicks are going to get the four seed. The Knicks are playing. They look awful. And, and, and they are not playing at at the level that they were obviously playing at, at the beginning of the year. Well, man, I mean, it's just it's just bad. Even when Melo's okay, it's still been bad. It's just, they're still figuring things out, it seems like. So, um, but Clippers-Denver, man, that, mm. that, like that could be, that'll be one of the more entertaining playoff matches, period. I mean, Denver and 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 the Clippers play kind of, of the same style of basketball, and they wanna they wanna get up and down. They have athletes all over the place, and you know you got Ken Reed, you got Blake Griffin, you got like like premier athletes in the NBA, and and it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean Ty Lawson uh, against Chris Paul will be interesting. I I think ultimately the Clippers depth will just take them over the hump as far as playing Denver. But the Clippers go, having to go to Denver is going to be hard for them to win in Denver. It's hard for anybody to win in Denver. So um, that's a, that, that'll be interesting. Also, I mean, in the West, the Memphis-Golden State matchup, you know, it's just two contracting styles. You have Memphis who wants to beat you up, and then you have Golden State that wants to shoot, shoot as many threes and score as many points as they can and, and outscore you. So that'll be that'll be a, a, a just a clash in styles, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna create a scenario, and I'm gonna say that that Boston jumps Atlanta and gets the six seed, and we have a Boston New York first round matchup. And honestly, right now I think Boston will punch the Knicks. I think I think Boston will will beat the Knicks in five or six games, and they will. Physically, like beat up the Knicks, and 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 I say that because the Knicks haven't shown me any any 
any sign of, of, of toughness as a group. You know, they're going through a really rough time right now, and it just seems like, you know, as talented as they are individually, that is that is as, as far as, as – their talent will take them as far as they'll go. And, and they don't have that team mentality. And, you know, I thought guys like Jason Kidd and Tyson Chandler being added would, would help them, like, beyond what we will be able to see on the court. But it, I still feel like the Knicks are just a bunch of good players. And Boston is a absolute fearless group of guys Cody who want Miami, who really want Miami. Mm-hmm. Yo, if Boston did. could play Miami in the first round, I guarantee KG and Paul Pierce are sitting at home like, what's up? Like, mm-hmm. like, like, let's get it started. Like, let's get it popping mm-hmm. right now. Like, this. so I, I think Boston in, in, in the Knicks, possibly in that first round, um, could be. I think Boston might be the last team in that bottom half of the East that 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 New York wants to see or anybody wants to see realistically. Um, so there's, there's there'll be a few interesting matchups. The, the Oklahoma City Houston one, like 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 Martin said, I don't think Houston has enough. But I honestly just hope James Harden goes for forty a night, and, and just is absolutely terrifying to Oklahoma City because they did him wrong. <laughs> I think, yeah, yeah what, do you, what are you thinking? Uh, no, I just thought I bought you the last 11. And honestly, for me, I think a, a Denver uh, Clippers matchup, I would really have to take a closer look at that because, you know, you talk about the Clippers depth, which, which has proved itself uh, uh, lethal, but, I, you know, with Wilson Chandler coming off that Denver bench, uh, their their depth has has become uh, has become pretty consistent as well. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what are you taking a close look at? Well, I mean, if, if the playoffs are going to happen tomorrow, the current matchup, I mean, I, I looked at this, the Boston Indiana match. It looks like Lawrence just got dropped, so we've got to we've got to uh, pin him in um, real quick, uh, get him back on here. Um, uh, so yeah, to be the matchups are definitely interesting. Um, I I think I, I think uh, I think Jay's got it. I, I think Jay's might have something with with Boston making that jump over Atlanta, um, uh, and definitely with them wanting to get Miami, that's for sure. Um, I bet Brooklyn-Chicago matchup could be interesting. Um, it doesn't look like Derrick Rose will be making any comeback anytime soon. People are petitioning for him to just sit the rest of the season. Who knows what will happen with that. But uh, regardless, the Brooklyn-Chicago matchup would be would surely be promising. Um, uh, like Jay said, that Memphis-Golden State matchup at the 3-6 could be really intriguing, uh, like you said, because of the contrasting styles. Uh, you know, Golden State's offense and Memphis's defense. Uh, so we've got L back. L, you know, hit us, hit us. Tell us what's what's on your mind. Well, like I was saying, sorry about that. Um, the right now it's just going to be Boston Indiana matchup, and I think that'll be a really good first round matchup. I mean, Indiana has worked their way up to being second in the East right now, but I do think Boston will beat them in a seven game series. I think Boston is realistically going to win their first round matchup as long as they don't play the Heat. As long as they don't drop down the eighth and end up and end up drawing the heat, and I think they still could take the heat to a seven game series. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, um, um, in an interview, someone, uh, a commentator, asked Paul Pierce what he thought about 
the Heat uh, 20 game win streak. And the response was, I hope they lose every game for the rest of the season. Like they, like, like we said, these are guys that really just don't care about the Heat as, a, as, a, as like superstars. They don't necessarily care about all that glamour, all the lights, or anything like that. They go and they take care of business. They are, they are hard nosed basketball players. It makes sense that they play in Boston. I think Jeff, like I said last week, after after going to the game, Jeff Green is huge for them. Jeff Green is huge. I mean, he he, he scores from everywhere on the floor. And Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett don't want to lose, and they don't care about who they're playing against. They're they're definitely not going to be scared. They they're a team that has already got a ring. So they know they know what it takes to, to to go down the stretch and really win some games. I think if they get hot late, Boston's a scary team. In the in the West, I think it, I think it'll still be interesting to see the, how the Lakers Spurs matchup plays out. I mean, obviously the Lakers need need a healthy Kobe to be able to win that series. It would be very nice for them to have a healthy pal to to, to give them a better chance to win that series. If Dwight actually decides to play like he did when he went back to Orlando. It's a whole different Laker ball team we're talking about, and I think. I think San Antonio San Antonio's age could get to them. Tim Duncan, I mean, you, you see it less than he, he still plays fantastic basketball because because of what he does. Because of what he does, it's not necessarily affected by his, by his age. But but there are aspects to where it is defensively he's affected. I mean, Dwight is faster and stronger than Tim Duncan, and he can he can. Like dominate Tim Duncan, I feel like. I mean, Tim Duncan is very strong, but Dwight is faster and stronger. I feel like he can he can do a lot against Tim Duncan, and and the the Lakers can beat the Spurs with all the right pieces pieces in place. I, I don't think they will, but I think that they definitely can, and they can at least make it an interesting matchup. So those are kind of the two. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing the OGs of the playoffs, the Lakers and the Celtics getting into the first round and doing what the Lakers and the Celtics do, and that's compete. Um, so, yeah, the beauty of, of the whole the Celtics conversation is that we'll get to see them uh, take on Miami and try to end this this horrific streak that they're on right now um, on Monday night. Um, I'm assuming it's, it's uh, I don't want to get the wrong time, but it's, it should be, uh, yeah, 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Um, on and this is, yeah, this is at the TD Garden. At the TD Garden at Boston. Mm. So, uh, obviously, you know, for, for Miami, a chance to extend this streak and, and for Boston, a chance to, uh, you know, to, to, you know, make that statement. Um, uh, and obviously, they, they've got quite a, quite a few more games left in the regular season. But uh, surely, this is a game that is, especially given uh, uh, Lawrence's uh, note on, on Paul Pierce's recent comments about the Miami Heat streak. Uh, this is clearly a game that they've been looking forward to um, that has been circled, and um, and we should look forward to that for sure. Um, I think we should uh, we should uh, uh, just quickly um, segue, um, uh, just to make a quick note, our, our basketball segment is loosely based on the content from uh, the basketball blog at basketballseed.blogspot.com. Um, you can find the links to our blogs in our episode description. Um, from the links given on our Twitter page. And you can also check up on our weekly topics on the collectiveradio.blogspot.com. Um, we're going to segue, um, try to segue real smooth and, and briefly into our music segment, um, which is, uh, of course, loosely based on the music blog, whatwehear.blogspot.com. 
uh, where you can find the latest features and reviews. Um, uh, it, you know, we're, we're going to cover a few topics today. I do want to get some some quick hit reactions um, uh, from our from our news segment. Um, some some pretty interesting things that have happened in the industry this week. Um, some things in, in the music. Obviously, South by Southwest is going on right now. Um, uh, a few other things that have been that have been recently um, announced that I want to get you guys' opinions on. Um, first off. Um, and, and I didn't have this on our, on the list of, of news segments for today, but we might as well throw it in. The whole little Wayne fiasco from from just last night. Um, of, of apparently he um, is having more problems with the seizures. Um, we've seen this before. He was hospitalized before with with problems with his seizures, um, and the, the problem has since resurfaced. He was in the hospital last night, uh, seemingly in critical condition. There were all kinds of uh, reports and, and stuff like that since been reported that he I guess he's okay he's alive at least we know that um, uh, so so quickly your guys reactions on the whole uh, the whole fiasco with Little Wayne in the last 24 hours uh, Jay I want to get your reaction first um, man and this is this is kind of ridiculous like <laughs> TMZ who is the most um, one of the most unreliable, like big name media outlets? Where the people that let the story go that Little Wayne was in critical condition, and that his family was around him, saying like, and he was saying his final goodbyes. Like, come on, and and, and it's 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 really it's disturbing, and you know it's 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 a terrible terrible, you know. Um, um, piece of information that was spread by them but you know it's he's have if he's having health problems it's it's most likely connected to the lifestyle that he lives and you know it's it's pretty frankly like really none of our business the things that he does but you know as a as as a human you know you just hope that you know he, he he's going to take better care of himself moving forward and and you know I just I just pray that you know he his family is okay and that you know he's actually all right and and I hope he recovers but you know it, it just it just I couldn't imagine you know having to deal with what you what he's dealing with now and then on top of that having to deal with the media and and then just putting out totally stupid things so um, you know I it's a People can make a story out of anything, and this is just another example of it. Um, you know, that's why we're talking about it. So uh, it's just it's just an unfortunate situation for for him, and you know, I hope that he is okay. Um, but it's not about business, man. He's always doing something nutty. He's always doing something crazy. So you know you can't really, can't really take it surprise. But uh, yeah, yeah. See, I, 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 I don't, don't want to leave on it that I hope he's okay. And then I'll leave it. Sure, sure. Uh, as L, your thoughts on Weezy F? I mean, thoughts and prayers go out to him. I hope, I hope he's all right. Yeah. Um, 
I was, I was relatively disinterested with the story. And the bigger, and the bigger it got, I became more disinterested. I mean, I, I, I do hope he's all right. What he, what he, his offense in the game has been great. Very, very easy. If he were to be in the in, in very, very safe, I mean, it wouldn't be a very sad thing for him. But at the same time, I mean, all this TMZ stuff, so we're talking about him, him being led as last right, just like people have to, people have to find something better to do than than just hype up situations like this. I, I mean, I, 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 it, it's a big deal, but we don't want to be like at the same time. Like Jay said, it's kind of unrealistic. I thoughts and prayers out to Wayne. I hope he's doing better. I hope he's doing all right. Like that's really it. But I mean that. You know that's that's enough. That's a comment. Yeah, you know, that, yeah. And 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 it's real though. Obviously, you know we obviously we we hope the best. Um, it's it's really like Jay said. It's unfortunate because it's really not our business. Uh, but we almost have to talk about it. It's, it's mm-hmm. like the biggest. You know, it's all over Twitter. It's all over everywhere. Everywhere. The last four hours. Uh, but you know, fortunately, it seems like uh, he is okay. Uh, next piece of news: uh, Big Sean uh, released a tentative track list for his upcoming album Hall of Fame. Um, he's recently previewed a song at a show in London called Fire. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it all right. Check that video. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched it. Um, sounded promising. It sounded like it had a, had a, a pretty cool uh, soulful sample on there. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. Um, from what from what from the little like ninety second clip we got from the song and his verse, uh, it, it seemed pretty promising. So uh, uh, I, I want to go to I want to go to Jay. You know, Jay. Uh, <laughs> Jay is, is largely responsible for uh, my personal um, uh, my personal investment in Big Sean as a rapper. Um, I remember when the Super Duper Lemonade song dropped, uh, and that you know that, that Super Duper flow that he came out with. Jay Jay had the song on repeat until he had the whole thing memorized. And uh, I can say personally, he you know I feel like he was responsible for a lot of us in our group uh, really starting to take Sean take Big Sean a little a little more seriously. So. Uh, uh, Jay, did you see the track list, and, and what are you looking for from uh, from Sean on this next album? Um, I, I did I did see the track list. You know, uh, he, I'm I'm looking for growth, and and I'm looking for for him to 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 show progress. And you know, everybody talks about the sophomore slump, and you know, like the second album is you know never up to par with the first, but I feel like that's just because, you know, that's the first full studio album that you hear from somebody. And if you like them, you, you know, you're going to think highly of it. And then when the next one comes out, even if it's just as good, you're not, you're never going to say that it's better than the first. And that's always like, it, that sucks for artists, but he has to sustain, you know, it, it can't, it, 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 it doesn't have to be as good as his first album. And in my personal opinion, his first album was just okay. They kind of kept him relevant and kept him above water. Um, I, I'm personally more of a fan of his mixtape um, before uh, Finally Famous came out. But, um, you know, he works with Kanye. He has he has resources to, to a lot of people. You know, Nicki Minaj did that, his his, his hit single with him from his last album, um, for free. <laughs> like, so, you know, he, he, has, he has the ability and the resources to, you know, make a lot of money and make, you know, the club bangers, the radio smashes. He has the ability to do all that. I'm looking for growth and and his music. 
I'm looking for growth in his in his storytelling. I'm looking for growth in his actual delivery and flows. You know, I'm just looking. I'm looking. I'm looking for him to progress and 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 take himself to another level. And you know, I I, I think he will. I, I he he's one of my he's one of one of my favorite rappers. I I would say because I enjoy hearing. All the intricate stories that he has, like he, he's all. He, it's not even that he's all over the place, but it's it's it. You never know what 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 he's gonna come up with now, and and you know I'm 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 expecting the same, and you know with with Kanye backing him, you know his you know the production is gonna be terrific, and you know he's gonna have you know he's gonna have those radio songs with like the big con features, and he's gonna have you know he's gonna he's gonna sell a lot of records, he's going to make a lot of money, and he's, gonna, he's, he's one of those up-and-comers in the game, kind of like with Khalifa type, like, status, where he's, like, mainstream. And um, I just hope he just doesn't stray too far away from what God wants, and, that, and that's usually what rappers do, when they, especially when they're going into their second studio album. They're really just like, no, I need to make some money, so I'm going to make sure I have four or five radio songs on my album instead of one or two, and I'm kind of going to dilute my music, and I just hope he doesn't do that. But um, I, I am certainly looking forward to it, and uh, and let's, let's see where he goes. I mean, this is critical. So I much, much agreed. Uh, Al, what are you looking for uh, from Hall of Fame? Uh, like Jay said, I'm looking for some growth. Uh, I'm looking for him to, to progress a little bit. Looking for a little bit of uh, versatility from him. He's kind of, he, he, I mean, he's, he, he can really, really rap. 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 That's, that's, not a, that's not a question when it comes to Big Sean. Like, he, he signed to Kanye for a reason. I, I'm looking, looking for him to grow a little bit. Looking for him to, um, to kind of diversify his flows and, and, and his song choice. I feel like his, his, his beat choice could be a, a little bit better just because he he has such a such a sound that he sticks to that he kind of doesn't necessarily step outside the box enough. So I just want to hear some 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 different things from from Big Sean. But I I do think this next album will be good. I think it'll be better than the first. I mean, I, like Jay said, I I didn't I wasn't a huge fan of the first. I think it was really really overproduced and I mean it really he strayed away from what he was really, really good at on the mixtapes. And, I mean, with that with that Detroit mixtape last year, it looked like he's kind of getting back into that, like, mixtape, Sean. Hopefully he, like, holds on to some of that and brings that to the album and, and puts together some good songs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, Jay just mentioned, uh, I was <laughs> going to mention a couple of songs. The, 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 one of the songs on the, on the uh, tentative track was called Mill featuring Juicy J. Um, and any any song with UPJ on it, um, you know what to expect, and, and you almost have to look forward to it. Uh, there's another song on there that has uh, a feature with both Nas and Kid Cudi, um, uh, First Chain. Um, that that certainly sounds promising. So um, yeah, you, I, I think you guys are definitely right. Um, we should we should be looking for some growth from Sean, um, looking for him to really, um, you know, take himself into that elite into that kind of elite, you know, status, if that's where he's looking to go. Um, so he's not sitting um, in the back of the BET Awards with white beaters anymore. 
So, uh, but but you what you guys said was definitely well said, and I'm looking for the same from Sean. Um, uh, uh, next piece of yeah. I, so after this uh, after this next piece of uh, next couple news reactions. Um, uh, obviously, Chief Keith was released from his juvenile detention center. Um, <laughs> Jay, Jay particularly appreciates that. Um, as we mm. talked about the other night, there's there's, uh, there's a place for Chief Keith in hip hop, and um, and he's he's really milking it. Um, apparently, uh, before or when he went in, rather uh, served his 60 days of probation. Um, a, a Chicago pastor, Corey Brooks, claimed that uh, Chief Keith is not some just terrorizing uh, individual, and apparently. Uh, he he testifies to Chief Keith God consciousness, as he put it, and apparently he's supposed to be baptized soon and supposed to be renewed in his faith. Um, so that's a piece of news. And also, uh, and I want to I want to get your guys' quick reactions to both of these, I guess, simultaneously. Um, ASAP Rocky in his recent interview with uh, Vogue, the Italy issue, he was on the cover. Um, he recently made the comment that uh, this new age of hip hop, which he calls uh, the platinum or diamond age. Um, which he kind of equated to the the golden era back in the 90s. Um, he says that he is the new uh, leader, king, and emperor emperor of this new age of hip hop with new artists, and that he is the the certified future for the brand. Um, so I want to get your both of you guys' quick reactions on Chief Keith and and ASAP. Well, I'll, I'll start off. I mean. I mean I, I, I didn't I hear any of that stuff about the time in Chicago, Chicago um, talking about GQ, which is very good, but I, I, I don't feel like he should be locked up. I feel like, yeah, I feel like they should have kept him in there for a little bit longer and tried to like rehabilitate him as best as possible. I, I don't agree with his music. I don't agree with, with the message. I, I do think that there is a place for Chief Keith in hip-hop, but like I said, uh, that could very well be behind bars. <laughs> That's messed up. All right. On realistically, I I don't like Chief Keith. So Chief Keith is that I don't like. So I'm not even gonna comment on that any further. Um, ASAP. I mean, he 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 has a point to where he he really is one of the faces of this future brand of hip hop. Like like this new wave that that we've had coming up the last year and a half, maybe even stretching to like three or four years. But, I mean, uh, th- these new guys that we've had coming up, ASAP is one of the bigger names. I mean, he he had a major release that he actually put out a pretty good album on his first try. He had a very good mixtape. I mean, he's a he has ridiculous, like, pop marketability. Like, he, he's a he's – a, he's, could become a household name, I think, and and that's just because of the, his his entire thing, like the, the fashion and the the personality. Like his, it's it's a, it's a cool thing for hip hop, and I, I I don't think that he's the sole emperor, king, throne, chair, whatever he wanted to say he was. He, he's none of that because he he. He's not. He's certainly not the best new rapper out by any means. He's he's nowhere near. But he, I, I do, I do understand what he's saying. If he's saying in terms of marketability and in terms of who's going to really like stand out as a name that he is. I mean, he's, he's got songs with Rihanna now. Like he's no, he's no run of the mill like mixtape rapper. So I, I, I feel him. I guess to an extent. 
Jay, your your thoughts on on uh, on Chief Keep and ASAP? Um, first off, uh, welcome home, Sosa. You know what I'm saying? Three hundred TV. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy for him. I'm happy he's I'm happy he's home. Um, I want to I want to quickly explain what you know you know uh, what what Lawrence and, and Martin said about there's a place for Chief Keep the Hip Hop, and um, you know we we talked about it and we've all you know agreed on this that hip hop has become so universal that you know there it is natural for it to have you know subgenres like like associated with hip hop. And and I think it's only fair that whoever wants to do you know rap music has has a lane to do rap music. You know there's 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 room for waka flockas. Like he can't rap. He can't rap, guys. He's not a he's not a good rapper, and he admits that he is not a good rapper. But there's a lane for him. You know there's like you know GCJ is 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 not the best rapper. In the world, he's not. He's a, he's an okay rapper, but you know his personality and what lane he's in is what gives him a place in hip hop. And I think it's I think it's beautiful. I think it's I think it's excellent that different types of people from different areas can make different sounds of hip hop, and we can all appreciate it for what it is. Okay, and and you know Chief Keith has a lane now. Like you know the and and I and I'm not saying that I agree. With his, with his, with his movement, because <laughs> I don't, I can't. I'm, I'm scared of him and all of his friends, even though they're little. Like, 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 but, but, um, but I, I, I do think there's a place for hip hop for, for anyone to be creative and, and to get their sound out there. So, all the Chief Key fans that I know, you know, I'm happy your boy's home. I, I'm a, I'm a, I am a little supporter of, 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 of the movement. I I don't want my mom to go back and listen to it. Now, I'll put it like that. <laughs> I wouldn't but but I, I I do support a little bit. Um so glad for him. Now ASAP on. I have a problem with this. Okay. It you know, it happens all the time where, you know, people say I'm I'm the best rapper alive and, and, and I'm this and I'm that and you're you're entitled to your own opinion, so ASAP Rocky, go ahead and proclaim whatever you want to. But you're wrong. Like you're 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 like like you're wrong, like you're that's not true. Like what like you're not you're not the future of hip hop. You're not you're not the future of this of this world that you're creating inside of hip hop and saying that I'm the pioneer of it. He's not the best he's not even in the top five as far as rappers to me in his age group. There's people that are <laughs> there's people that are light years better. Like Kendrick Lamar is the leader of, of is um, of the future of hip hop, realistically. He is he's the golden goose. He's the he's the he's the he's the new face of, of hip hop for, for this younger generation. And ASAP Rocky has a lot of work to do. You know, he mixtape I'm a fan. I've been to an ASAP Rocky concert when he came to Philadelphia. Um, you know, I was a huge supporter of his mixtape, and I really, really enjoyed his album. I think, I think his debut album, and you know, just because we were talking about Big Sean, they kind of did, kind of had the same come up. I think his debut album 
was way better than Big Sean's debut album. Big Sean's debut album just had a had a number one hit on it with the song with Nicki Minaj. Um, so uh, I think I think ASAP Rocky can has his place in hip hop, and he continues to be a a power figure in the hip hop culture and, and fashion and all the things that he's doing. I think are terrific. I mean, there's no hate at all coming from me to ASAP Rocky, but it, it, at the bottom line, people, we can't get away from the music and we can't get away from the skill involved in order for you to say, I'm the new guy in hip-hop and I'm the future of hip-hop. Like, you, you can't say that. You can't say that. Like, nobody is, nobody is making A$AP <laughs> Rocky Tupac comparisons or A$AP Rocky Jay-Z comparisons or, or any of the actual leaders of their certain time in hip-hop. He is not that. And and but that being said, I think his cultural influence could be tremendous. And I and I and I hope that he does get to that level. But for hip hop and I say this I, I hate this term but I'll say it for hip hop purists, the like people that really enjoy the craft of it and you know, that like really pay attention to the little things that go into, you know, the actual art form of rapping, he's good. He's not great. He's not he's not a he's not gonna he's not gonna change the game. He's gonna contribute. He's not gonna change it. I think someone like Kendrick is gonna change it. I think he's already changing it. I think a guy like Joey Badass is changing it. Like they're like those are the people that are the leaders. And and I and, I, and he he is He's not gonna be it, and, and 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 maybe he proves me wrong. And if he does, I will be the first one to admit it. But I can't see him being that guy. But I see him being the biggest face. I can make that. Um, yeah, uh, definitely well said on all those points, guys. Uh, with with Big Sean, I think the the um uh, with his with his debut album, I think if anything, and for me, the I I wasn't big on Finally Famous either. Um, uh, and but I think that being said, though, he has given himself room for growth and, and room to improve for this sophomore album, Hall of Fame. Um, Chief Keith, she's back on the scene. Um, and whether Lawrence likes it or not, he's going to put out mad music. And he's probably, and to, <laughs> to Lawrence, is the scene, he'll probably have to listen to some of it, too, because he, he's got enough friends that like the ratchet. Um, so. <laughs> So he may not like it, but he he's gonna have to listen to it at some point, and and we'll keep an eye out on that on that alleged baptism that he's supposed to be going through. And uh, and as, in terms of ASAP Rocky, I think you guys both uh, both made both made very good points. I think he's he's made his mark, uh, but the mixtape and the album, I think he he's clearly set a nice uh, um, a, a surface level for himself in terms of where he go and his progression. I think Jay had a great point in terms of his his image as a cultural figure. I think that's definitely. Um, somewhere in an area where he has a, a great strength um, in terms of a hip-hop artist. And, of course, you know, he's, we know he's very much influenced by Kanye West. And, and, you know, maybe comments like this are, you know, he's trying to channel his inner Yeezy. Um, it's, it's, at least that's what it seems like. Um, but, but I think you guys are right. He, he's, he's created a world for himself um, that he's doing very well in. And if he's going to be this, this leader of the new generation of hip hop, um, it, it it is 
it, it's intriguing to see if if he's going to really make that leap into uh, you know as Jay said a Jay Z or or Tupac category, um, and and if he were to stay where he's at throughout his career. Uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying that he would reach that level, uh, but like we said, you know that's something that we can we can keep our eye on in terms of ASAP Rocky. Um, so that that'll wrap up our our uh, our discussion there for music. Um, but actually, it doesn't wrap up our discussion for music because we're gonna we're gonna go to a quick commercial and then come back and talk about Justin Timberlake's 2020 Experience album um, very quickly, mm-hmm. and then and what impressed us from that. And in that same segment, we'll segue quickly to our TV and film where uh, we will talk about the latest news on the new X-Men movie. Uh, Director Brian Singer has some new announcements for us, and uh, we'll give our takes on that to conclude our show. So uh, we're going to kick to a commercial real quick. We'll be back in a couple minutes with the collective, and you already know what it is. Rafika Consultants and Services, LLC, is on the cutting edge of emerging technologies for designing online classes and providing face-to-face and virtual technology training or help with computer programs, web design, and graphic arts. We also provide biography writing services for websites. For more information, give us a call at 631-399-0149. That's 631-399-0149. The Fluffs present the alphabet. Now found in paperback, sporting a five-star rating on Amazon.com. Moon 107, fashions and gifts that bring out the best in you. Moon 107 is an online retail store featuring women's and men's clothing and the gift shop. The woman's shop features stylish tunics, suits, and accessories, and offers the well-dressed woman an outlet to find the perfect gift for self or for someone else. The men's shop offers classy French cut shirts for the well-dressed man. The gift shop offers organic skin, hair, bath accessories, and inspirational music imported from Africa, India, and Asia, as well as jewelry and accessories.
Yes, yes, we're back. We're back with the collective. Um, this is our final segment coming down here to the to the home stretch of our show. Um, uh, to to kind of wrap up our music segment, um, I did want to touch on Justin Timberlake's new album, The 2020 Experience, which will be officially out in stores um, this Tuesday. Um, but thanks to um, streaming and the the uh, controversial laws of piracy, um, we have we have all in the room since heard the album. Um, I've given it several run-throughs this week. Um, I've come to really um, uh, appreciate um, this 10-song album. Um, uh, And and you will find, uh, next week you will find our review of the album on whatwehear.blogspot.com. It's something I I said to Elle the other day um, about this album is, uh, number one, it lives up to its name. Um, This is an experience. And and when you talk about some of the great, particularly, um, and not not just in R&B and hip-hop and other genres as well, but a great album really is an experience. Um, when you listen to it beginning to, to end, you know, you go through so many different um, feelings and patterns, and, and that's really what, what classifies a great album. Um, the, uh, this, this, this Justin Timberlake album... Uh, it is an experience, but it, it also brings us something original, something that nobody else in R&B really is doing. Obviously, we have to give much credit to Timbaland, um, which is kind of part of a larger question I also want uh, both of my co-hosts to, to answer um, um, when it comes to this album. Um, but but it's, it's something original. It's something it's, – it's, they're, they're kind of these evolved love songs, if you will, um, uh, practically half of the album really are at their core love songs. The, the Blue Ocean Fours and the and the Push Lover Girls and, and even the you know Strawberry Bubble Gum. You know you've you've got essentially kind of a love song album, but then your your uh, Let the Groove In and your Don't Hold the Walls are you know kind of that vintage um, kind of those those turn up Timbaland, uh sounds. You know those those really hard drum patterns and the you know the Timbaland kind of beatboxing in the background. Um, uh, and so I, I'm personally very impressed with um, how modern and how creative um, JT could be after uh, he hasn't put out an album since 2004. Um, so for him to come back on the scene in 2013 in an era where Frank Ocean's and your Miguel's and your Weekend um, are, are really kind of evolving the whole R&B scene, uh, to credit to JT's uh, creative creative influence um, for him to come back like this and, and really make such an impact with this album, the 2020 experience. Um, I want to get you guys' uh, reactions real quick, and also uh, I want you guys to kind of answer this larger question. Um, is, is it fair that Justin Timberlake has Timberland as kind of like his, his sidekick? Uh, I mean, does, is, it, is it fair... To uh, you know, to say that JT is you know you put him up there. Uh, clearly, the album itself matches up with the you know if you were to and this could be a topic for another show comparing 2020 experience to Channel Orange. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of bring those same experience effects to it. Um, but but you know, obviously, Frank didn't have Timbaland on his album. It was, it, you know, I'm sure he had help, but obviously, Justin Timberlake, Timbaland. Album pretty much, you know, produced the whole thing. So, uh, you know, I want to get you guys' reactions and your and your answer to that larger question. Um, I don't think that it's a, a cheat in any way, shape, or form that that uh, Justin had Timberland the entire album. I think, 
I mean, they they work together. They're mostly intersex love sounds, and it's obviously a sound that works. And and they perfected it on this album, man. I I said to I said to you, Martin, the other day, and, and our other boy Nate, that Justin Timberlake, Justin Timberlake, and Timberland on this album is like peanut butter and jelly. It it, it just works so perfectly together. I mean, they 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 were they were able to like fully develop their unique sounds within a track together which was really cool. I mean, Justin Timberlake does do a lot of writing. He, I, mean, I mean, all of his writing, from what I know, he does all of his writing. And, I mean, he, puts the, he has to be able to construct melodies and, and, and choruses to go on these Timberland beats, and I think he does it without a flaw. I, I mean, I, I think once this album actually releases and everybody gets a chance to hear it, I mean, everyone will agree that it, it, it's a pretty good album. I mean... From right now, I've only I've only had it for about a week, but for right now, I, I would compare it to a Channel Orange. I think that it, I think that it's, it's it could be that good. It isn't yet, but I haven't gotten a chance to fully fully develop on all of the songs. But it, it could realistically be. I mean, there, there's there's some there's some quality quality material on here, and uh, I mean, I think I think it. I think it'll be an album that everyone will be talking about for a while, and that everyone will be able to find some enjoyment out of because there's a, there's a very versatile uh, display of songs to where it's like if you want to, like Martin said, they they got the Don't Let the Grooves In and the um, Don't Hold the Wall for the Turn Up and then they got like um, Blue Ocean Floor that's more of like a softer like ballad. You got Strawberry Bubblegum that has a little bit of both. I mean, you got the Tunnel Vision, which is – classic Timberland and Justin. I mean, as is Mayors. Mayors, I mean, almost sounds like Crimea River, like you said earlier. But, um, I mean, it's, it's it's a very good album. I'm excited for people to get a chance to hear it and, and get get this type of music. I don't I, I don't think it's a cheat at all that it's, as it's Timberland. I mean, it, it does make it a little bit more difficult when you got to go to multiple producers and it's and it could be a little bit easier to just have one guy just sit there and say, all right, we can put this together. But, I mean, when, when you work together as well as they do, it, it, it should happen that way. Yeah. No, well said. Let's get Jay's take on it. Yeah, Lawrence and uh, Martin, you know, bless me with, with, with constant reminders that I need to listen. That I get like just sending me names of songs like you need, you need <laughs> like you need to listen to this and uh and I did and it is it's tremendous. I mean Timberland who, you know, all of us have listened to, you know, my 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 sister um was a big Aaliyah fan and so we I've been listening to Timberland's production, you know, for a long time. And it's gotten better with time and it's evolved and he's kind of taken that same sound that he was using with Missy Elliott on all those club bangers that he was giving her and kind of modernized it for Justin Timberlake and kind of slowed it down so Justin can actually, you know, do his thing on it. And he's tremendous, man. He's like he's like one of the people that one of the producers out there that a lot of people forget about. Um, because you know he does, he's very and now he's very particular with who he works with and what he puts out, and then he puts something out, and then we all all of a sudden we remember Timberland again that he he's an absolute animal and he's been a juggernaut in like hip hop production over the past like twenty years now, and and you know JT 
pause on this, but I've got a kind of, I, I, I got a, a little bias towards him because I've always liked his music. And I think he's a terrific performer. And he's like, there's a swag that he brings to the table that Robin Thicke doesn't bring to the table that, you know, a lot of, you know, and, and I don't mean to get racial or anything like that, that white R&B, you know, singers don't bring the table that he has. And and maybe that that's what makes him a little bit more appealing to us. But he he's terrific. And, you know, it's just like, you know, when you put them two together, like the only people that I feel like have, have that type of, like unless Diplo and Usher came out with an album, a full album together, there's not going to be like a like a duo of like hip hop producer or, or, or terrific producer and terrific artist singing wise putting together a full project that's going to be quite comparable to what the 2020 experience like brings to the table. So it's going to be you know it's going to be number one. He's going to like as we listen to it like you know we're listening to these songs and we're like okay so he has another number one that's going to be a number one possibly like. Like he has literally number one radio smashes on this album, and and he's gonna be in everybody's iPods and, and iPhones and you know and and, and radios and, and he's gonna be everywhere. Uh, I'm 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 prepared to say it now that it's gonna be Justin Timberlake's summer, <laughs> like like it's gonna be his summer, and um, you know he's he's gonna be this album is gonna be terrific. You know we we've heard it and you know we. We support artists, and we like to, you know, wait until things come out. These are one of those things where it was like, okay, this joint needs, like, we probably can do it with him right away. And he's, he's terrific, man. He's going he's gonna to kill it, and, and a lot of people um, are going to be into the album because the sound is the sound is terrific. And, and is yeah, it doesn't really get much better than than Justin Timberlake and and Timberlake doing songs together. I mean, let's just keep it real. Um, so <laughs> be prepared. I, I I mean, get ready to to be blown away because you know if you're in the producing, if you're in this production period, you're gonna enjoy that aspect. And if you're into pretty good songwriting and melodies and singing and dancing or whatever. Justin Timberlake brings all of that and some more to the table, so it, it, it's going to be great. It, it, it really is. It, it's going to be going to be terrific. Um, yeah, I, I did. I heard it, it is expected to um, supposedly sell uh, close to five hundred thousand units in its first week, um, and I'm glad for it because it is deserving of those kind of those kind of numbers. Uh, and, and it's already begun this whole JT wave. I mean, he's been on. Uh, Jimmy Fallon and, and late night shows all week performing live uh, uh, different songs from the albums. He's also since announced that he recorded more songs with Jay Z besides Suit and Tie, which uh, uh, we should we should look out for. The he said hopefully they will be released. Um, so that that's definitely something to look out for. And uh, yeah, to kind of paraphrase what Jay said, um, something I said a few weeks back when we talked about the Grammys, uh, where Jay Z obviously kind of had his coming out party and came out and performed. Um, that, that that is a bad white boy. Um, if anything else, that that is that is a bad white boy. And uh, like like Jay said and, and Lawrence said so well, um, it's an it's an album that many people can enjoy. There are so many layers to each song um, that, like I said before, it lives up to the name. It, it it contributes to that experience of the whole album. Um, and and it's definitely something to look for. As I said before, you'll 
find our review of that album um, next week um, on whatwehear.blogspot.com. Um, uh, coming down to our final segment to wrap up the show, um, our TV and film segment, which is loosely based on the uh, the television and film blog, televisioncinema.blogspot.com, uh, where you can find reviews, observations, and thoughts on uh, some popular movies and television series. Um, and it's some big news recently for Marvel, um, the X-Men series. Um, uh, that of course, they did the... They're they're gone, they're on the whole origin kick. They did the Wolverine Origins movie, um, and they since they did the uh, X Men First Class, which was kind of the background behind uh, Professor Xavier and and Magneto, of course. Um, they've since announced that the, the the sequel is happening. It will be released uh, next summer, summer 2014. Um, Halle Berry was on the Tonight Show this week and has confirmed that she is returning as Storm. Um, in the sequel, um, other actors that have been confirmed are Anna Paquin, um, who who played Rogue in the in the latest X Men series. Um, Jennifer Lawrence, who was in First Class. Um, uh, some inter- and interesting casting choices um, here, and, and something to take note of is that uh, James McAvoy, who played the young uh, Charles Xavier, and um, Patrick Stewart, who played who was the the bald guy who was in Star Trek, um, who, who played who plays the older Professor X in the more later X Men series, will both be in the movie, as well as the young Magneto from First Class and uh, the more recent Magneto, Ian McKellen. Um, so so clearly this is a movie uh, for Brian Singer and for Marvel that is looking to bridge the gap um, in the X Men saga. Um, it's definitely an opportunity in terms of the storyline um, to make some some important connections. Uh, something I, I also saw this morning, the character of Nightcrawler hasn't been addressed yet by Brian Singer. Um, he's kind of pushing it off. Obviously, Alan Cummings was the one to play him in the uh, X2, um, one of the more, uh, it's, you don't say the recent, because the more recent X-Men movies were the originals, and the older X-Men movies were actually the, the later part. So, it, it, you know, I think the whole Star Wars thing kind of corrupted producers now, and they're, you know, they're taking things back and, you know, kind of backtracking on storylines now. Um, but uh, the Nightcrawler was in the second uh, X-Men um, installment and has not been announced yet for uh, the sequel. Um, the, the, the movies will be called uh, X-Men Days of Future Past, um, particularly for me. And, I, and I, I've seen the first class movie probably too many times, but a connection I'm looking for them to make um, <clears throat> in X3, the last fan, the most uh, recent of the the regularly scheduled X-Men series um, where uh, Jean Grey kind of went through her rebirth Phoenix uh, phase. Uh, there was a scene in that movie where uh, uh, Magneto and Professor Xavier, they were kind of in their older years, but still uh, somewhat young. They weren't as old, but they were, they, they were older than they were in first class, that's for sure. And they were together seemingly rounding up um, or trying to bring in mutants as they were when they started out when they were young men. Um, this is something that's going to have to be bridged by the writers and by Brian Singer because obviously at the end of first class, we see the, the backlash of, of Charles's and Magneto's uh, relationship. They part ways at the end. They find out that their motives are different. We see uh, uh, Magneto become Magneto at the end of the movie with his helmet and his cape, and they go their separate ways. So clearly that's a gap that they're going to have to um, bridge with this next movie and showing and and again, this is something that could be overlooked because small things like this could easily be overlooked, but they could be easily bridged. 
um, from that last movie when, when they were together, Magneto and Professor Xavier, there had to be some kind of rekindling at some point, which I look for them to address um, in this next movie. Um, uh, also, uh, another uh, quick update, which I, I know uh, uh, Jason is, will particularly uh, appreciate. Um, Harrison Ford has been casted for Anchorman 2. Um, apparently, he's going to play the, the veteran rival of Ron Burgundy, um, the, uh, the the veteran newscaster, which I which I think is um, an interesting and a pretty intriguing cast. Um, someone like Harrison Ford, obviously known for the Air Force Ones and the, and the action movies and the Indiana Jones and whatnot, um, but he has proven to be a uh, a decent comedy actor. Um, so uh, so that that's definitely something to look out for. Uh, did Jay? What, did you got a reaction for for Harrison Ford being in the movie? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's good. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be awesome. <laughs> I think it'll be awesome to have Harrison Ford in there. He's, uh, he, he. It could be, it could be funny to see the contrast in styles with him and Will Ferrell interacting. And you know, I'm happy they kept like the whole group together with with Steve Carell and everybody like that. So that is. That's awesome. It'll be funny to see Harrison Ford in in a diff a totally different you know in, in role than what we've ever seen him in, um, and he's a good actor, so you know he'll he'll make it work. Um, it, it'll be it'll be it'll be pretty funny. It'll be pretty funny, and it is reported that he's he's supposed to be playing Han Solo again in the next Star Wars, which is which is pretty awesome too. So Harrison Ford on on the comeback, that'll be good to see. It'll definitely, it'll be cool. It'll be funny, for sure. Yeah, that uh, that that definitely was announced. The whole the whole Star Wars thing is just a mess. I mean, apparently they've got this whole uh, Clone Wars uh, television series that's that's being pitched and kind of thrown around, um, and that's you know that's that's yet to be determined. Um, but yes, Harrison Ford is supposed to be playing, and and J.J. Abrams is is uh, seemingly he's back to do. Um, um, the Star Wars installment, so uh, that's definitely something to look for out for as well. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap up our show on that note. Um, uh, once again, we want to shout out Blog Talk Radio. Shout out to Keys One Hundred Seven, um, opening the doors to endless possibilities. Uh, we want to shout out our our caller uh, Raft Twigs, and then all of our listeners out there. Um, thank you for joining us for Week Five of the Collective. Uh, we'll be back next week, same time, same place, talking the same stuff um, with a little bit of different topics, obviously, but, um, you know, the same the same, <laughs> the same, ideas. Uh, this is your host, Martin Stories, joined by my co-host, Lawrence and Jason Reels. We were down a man today. Um, Tommy Hill is still missing in action. I'm sure he'll make his illustrious return uh, next week. So, uh, once again, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you all next week. Yeah. Thank you.